This message is sponsored by Life Touch Massage. For your next massage service, call us at 205-718-5144 or visit the web at www.lifetouchal.com. Remember, relief is only a touch away. So, I had this crazy dream the other day. What was it about? Well, we talked about this because I woke up in a state of dread the other day. And this dream just keeps playing over and over in my mind. So, I'm not quite sure, like, the setting or or where we were when the dream started off. Mm -hmm. But it was you and I, and we were together somewhere at an event or you know, meeting somewhere and um, we were headed home. Mm-hmm. And so we drove separate cars and I hop in my car, you hop in your car. And I get into the neighborhood and I notice that there's a whole bunch of fire trucks and they have some of the streets blocked off. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I drive as close to the house as possible and I pull over and I get out of the car and I'm asking people what's going on. And they say that it's been a fire, a serious fire, and um, that they think somebody died. So immediately, you know, I am filled with this fear that something has happened to our children. So I take off running towards the house. Mm-hmm. And um, I get to a point and these firefighters... Um, no, it's, actually, I think it might have been a police officer stops me and tells me that I can't go beyond that point. And, you know, I'm fighting and saying, you know, I live down there. I need to check on my children. And they wouldn't let me pass. So I pick up my phone and I try to call our youngest son. And you answer the phone. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, hey, where are you? And you're like, well, I stopped by the barbershop um, to talk to the owner before I head home. And immediately, I'm just like, I'm calling my son, but you picking up the phone. And I, he was like, what's going on? And I tell you that there's been a fire and the pol- police won't let me pass. And So I decide to take off running. I'm like coming out my shirt because the police officer is grabbing me. And I get close to the house mm-hmm. and this guy is stopping me. And I'm looking at this space and he's like, man, what's your address? We'll go do a welfare check. What's your address? Mm-hmm. And I tell him my address, and he said, "Well, that's not possible. There's no house there." And I look, mm. and it's just literally scorched earth. There's mm. like no ash. It's just like a a scorched black piece of plot. And I remember waking up and like grabbing my chest. The amount of dread. It like literally felt like somebody. Oh, yeah. smoked. I remember you were in panic because yeah. I was already up and I heard you in there crying, and I was like, "What's going on?" Yeah, it literally felt like somebody snatched my soul out of my body. Right. Like, I never felt that. And the one thing that I, the one emotion that I remember feeling was a sense of guilt. Mm. Like, I had to be such a horrible mother that I didn't even know my kids were dying and I wasn't at home. Like, I don't know, and that's just been playing Ooh, over and over and yeah. over. Cause in that moment, that's all I could think of is that my my house is burned to a scorched piece of earth with not a piece of ash, and my children was in that house, and I had no knowledge. Mm. And I just I don't think I could in real life. I don't think I could ever forgive myself. I I just I don't know mentally. I just don't know how people bounce back from things like that like I now understand Mm -hmm. from that dream how it feels to unexpectedly lose somebody Mm -hmm. and how you can go through this guilt and blame you know blaming yourself so man that's powerful you talked about forgiving yourself and ironically that's what we're going to be talking about today yeah so um I don't even know how to follow that up. <laughs> you want to get? I mean, in? I can't even say nothing happy about the heat. How about we was after that? <laughs> I had a I'm good week. Uh, on the other hand, I had a good week. <laughs> Where you want to get started? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it.
We're two self-care experts, a massage therapist, and a licensed professional counselor, husband and wife and parents of three, business owners and working professionals, who have intimate experience with stress both professionally and personally. Our podcast aims to teach the everyday professionals how to live through the stresses in life while learning to be their best in life. Welcome to episode nine of Living the Stress Life. I'm your host, Tiffany Story. And I'm the host with the most, Lamar Story. And today's topic is a cold day in hell. Wow. Cold day in hell? What that mean? Cold day. It'll be a cold day in hell. If I ever forgive that. If I ever forget that. <laughs> so what are we talking about today, Mr. Story? So we're talking about forgiveness. So what is, how is stress related to unforgiveness, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So that's what we're talking about today. If you haven't learned how to forgive, does that cause an extra burden on your life? Does it cause you to to stress more? Mm. If you don't forgive things that have happened to you or things that may have happened to your surrounding, um, to your, in your surroundings, you know what I mean? In so, your circle. In your circle. You know, how does that affect you if you choose not to forgive? Hmm. You know, it's so interesting because I know that there are people um, that I've been around as I've grown that you could never kind of put your finger on it, but they always just seem to be like bitter, always have their face in this disgruntled um, manner. Yeah, yeah, manner. And it's just like, yes, angry, just mean for no reason. I think people like that struggle with forgiveness. I think what has happened is they've had some type of disappointment or some type of trauma or or some type of deep emotional hurt that they make a decision to shut people out and to not forgive or not to let go. And ultimately, it just develops into something different, (laughs) something deeper. It actually takes a life of its own. I think unforgiveness takes on its own form and shape. Wow. That it it, it it's it, like an alien that just came and just used your body as a host. Yeah. Um, wow. Wow. That's deep. Man, I be deep. You be deep. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Mm. It's like a uh, what's the thing? Like a leech. Like a leech. So. <laughs> <laughs> like a leech. So, t- today we're talking about unforgiveness, wow. and um, I was talking to Lamar about this. Instead of going to bed at night, I'm sitting up watching movies that I've saw uh, more than one time, or I've seen, I'm sorry, more than one time. (laughs) And, you know, I just like a good movie. I like a good series. I I know that I've seen it, but it's like every time I watch a movie that I really like, it's like I discover something new. Mm. Like I like uncovering um, deeper meanings and things I missed before. And so... Right now, and I'm watching the Divergent series over and over again, and um, I was just talking to him about how in the second movie, Insurgent, you know, in order for her to kind of um, deal with this lady who is trying to oppress a whole group of people and, and eliminate a whole group of people, she ultimately has to deal with um, unforgiveness mm-hmm. but the unforgiveness is towards herself and I think you know unforgiveness towards self a lot of times is way more detrimental than forgiveness towards other people mm-hmm. what are what are your thoughts on that um I agree I think actually forgiveness is all about um it's about yourself Mm-hmm. Right, because in actuality, that person may have went on to live their best life, <laughs> yeah. and you're still holding on to a burden to the stress life, to the other stress life, exactly. <laughs> 
So you're still stressing about something that that person may have done to you, said to you, or whatever. Mm-hmm. That person has actually gone on about their lives, but this has continuously affected you because you haven't had the um, you hadn't had you did you chose not to forgive whatever that person may have done to you. I don't think it's always a choice though, because. In a situation where, <laughs> in a situation where, there has been something like, you were a child, and you were raped and molested by your father or a family member, I think the trauma, and the betrayal is so deep, that a lot of people can't move on from things like that, right? Mm-hmm. In that situation, well, it takes a while for them to move on. Yeah. I mean, and working in a clinical setting, I'm telling you, some people don't move on. Mm-hmm. They allow themselves to be held hostage by that trauma because they can't move on and and get to a place where they stop saying why and just realize that it's happened and they have to find a way to heal from it. And a lot of times healing can't come because you never allow yourself to forgive. Yeah. So let's talk about exactly what is forgiveness. All right? Okay. <clears throat> well, before we even get to that. Okay. Let's talk about the impact that unforgiveness has on you. Because unforgiveness has can can manifest into some physiological and physical um Distress, you yeah. depression. So let's, let's talk about what forgiveness is, though. Okay. Well, First, right. so you know, let's de- just define it. Okay. Right. Of course, we all have a basic understanding of what forgiveness is. Look but like. according to the research that we've been studying, is from the John Hopkins Medical School, and um, a doctor by the name of uh, Swartz states that forgiveness is an active process in which you make a conscious decision to let go of negative feelings, whether the person deserves it or not. Mm. Wow. I didn't even know that was part of the definition. So when you think about that, forgiveness is really all about you. It's all about you as the person. You know what I mean? So when you think about forgiveness, the other person is really out of the equation. Yes, the act has happened, whatever act that is that, that was done to you. It was in the past. So forgiveness is now all about you. Right? So if you decide to unforgive or not forgive. Excuse okay. me. How you unforgive? <laughs> but if you decide to not forgive a person for a situation, it can actually take on very unhealthy um, things in your life, in your body, in your mind, um, your physical and mental and I think that's what we were getting to here. So let's talk about that. Yeah. So basically, just like forgiveness is a conscious effort, unforgiveness is a conscious effort. Yeah. You have to intentionally allow yourself to hold on to the trauma, to the pain, to the disappointment, anger, or whatever that's associated with a certain experience, right? Or situation. So. In order to maintain negative feelings and negative energy and negative feel, uh, emotions, mm-hmm. you have to make a conscious decision to stay in a bad state of mind. Right. And when you make a conscious effort, everything follows. Because but isn't it hard, though? Like, it's hard to forgive. Like, if something happened to you, especially something traumatic happened to you by a certain individual... And that person is still in your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a process to forgiveness. I agree. Right? And some people don't know what their process looks like. They don't know how to go through that process. So they're always at an unforgiving stage. You know, they may also be affected by chronic anger. Every time they see that person. I never heard of that. Chronic they, anger? Yeah. Every time they see that person, they become angry all over again. It describes like the person you spoke about a few minutes ago. The person that always seems to be angry. 
Yeah, they got the resting face. Yeah, they got the resting bitch face, right? <laughs> so that person, you know, is just like, what's wrong with you every day? You know what I'm saying? Like, all the you time. You wake up mad? You wake up mad? Like, you ain't happy about nothing? <laughs> but sometimes they may be holding on to some very serious things. Yeah. So, if I'm one of those people who struggle with forgiveness, which I feel like I am. I feel like, for me, forgiveness is not something that naturally happens. I think the older I get, the easier it is for me to let go of things because I'm learning with age that life is short. Yeah. And so you never, you know, never know. Everybody makes mistakes, yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think sometimes, and this is a discussion for a whole nother podcast, but I think when you experience mm-hmm. death of someone that's close to you, mm-hmm. and it cuts in a in a deep emotional space, yeah. it l- makes you appreciate life on another level. On another level. Yeah. Like, but, am I really gonna be mad at this person for the rest of my life because of this? Yeah. Let's get past it. And how do we get past it? So how how do we get to a place <clears throat> where we're able to forgive? What does that even look like? Mm. Well, let's talk about this first. Let's talk about some of the things that unforgiveness can cause to your mental and physical state. Right? What I just said. <laughs> yeah. So basically, um, chronic anger puts you into a a constant fight or flight mode, which can cause changes in your heart rate, blood pressure, and immune immunity and your immune response, right? Mm-hmm. So which this increases the risk of depression, heart, di- heart disease, and diabetes. So when you choose not to forgive, this, these are all the things that are happening on the inside of your body, right? So on the outside, people can see it. People can see it physically. Right, but on the inside, this is what's happening to you when you choose not to forgive. What it look like physically? Somebody that's not forgiving. That resting bitch face. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid. That's what it look like. It looks like anger. You know what I mean? Like when you go. Somebody that's just unhappy. Unhappy, uh, unhappy individual. Mm -hmm. Um, and not to say that most people can't live their lives. You know. posing as a happy person but you know there's in some situations where they are you know not happy and they don't want to discuss it they closed off because they it's a, some part of their life they haven't forgiving forgiven a situation so the act of forgiveness actually lowers the risk of heart attack improve cholesterol levels and sleep reduce pain blood pressure levels of anxiety depression and stress. It's, you know what? It's interesting that you said sleep. Yeah. Because I don't think I've ever thought about that. But you know. They what, even have a phrase. I ain't about to lose sleep over this. People actually lose sleep over that though. That's true. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I'm deep mind. I'm deep mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm deep but <laughs> I've never really considered that when I'm upset. I'm. It's very difficult for me to fall asleep. Or get good sleep. I toss and turn. Like when you be making me real mad. When I make you mad. I don't never make you mad. Okay. You make yourself mad. Podcast discussion for a different day. Carry on. (laughs) So how do we make forgiveness? If we know all these positive benefits of forgiveness, right? Do you think people who are angry know that being forgiven would improve their life or their well-being? Mm Mm-mm. Do you think if they did know, they would make a choice if they knew? I'm not sure because it's a process to forgiveness. If you don't have someone to guide you through that process or you're not knowledgeable about the process of forgiveness, we see it on a daily basis. Think about it. We live on the west side of town. Mm -hmm. We see angry individuals every day, right? I don't know what's the cause of their anger. Like you said the other day, you seen a girl, a lady... um, 
on whipping her child in the store. Oh, yes. Right? And she was just, I, I've seen that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's some behaviors that we see on this side of town that, that honestly, you just want to approach them and be like, hey, whatever's going on in your life, can you just let it go and but, not take it out on this child? But I don't think it's just this side of town because, you know, I it's see, not, you're right. I see angry people. Let's just, just even think about it. Like, mm-hmm. Some of these people, there's like, is it Barbecue Becky and all these people that's just walking up to folks and these, you know, these MAGA hats. That's been a whole debate. I know mm-hmm. that's a top, a different topic for a different discussion. But, you know, these people who have, like, deep hatred of people who are of a different skin color or a different race. Some of them people are just naturally unhappy people too you know what i'm saying some of the people that i feel are supporting this very uh, this this hatred culture that's really going on this divisive culture are people who are unhappy about their situations and have a lot of unresolved things mm-hmm. and they're not happy so i think so the blame falls on someone else yeah the blame always falls on someone else yeah. So I, I don't think that's exclusive to just the west side of town. I think You're right. And, and and I'm not saying that these people don't have a reason not to be angry because it's so funny how I see a lot of clients that used or a lot of people that used to be clients or patients while I worked at bus stops and things when I'm driving the kids to school. Mm-hmm. But that's a topic for another day, too. Keep on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of, we, I mean, because we kind of already hit on that, mm-hmm. you know, about um, socioeconomic status and, you know, and oppression and how that impacts your mental health. So, um, so how do we make forgiveness a part of your lifestyle? So we know that part of forgiveness can help lower, have all these health benefits, right? Mm-hmm. How do we help individuals forgive and make forgiveness a part of your lifestyle in order for you to have better health for yourself? So I'm going to talk about um, a couple of ways. Um, Seven to be six, six different ways that you can make forgiveness a part of your lifestyle the first one is reflect and remember reflect so that actually means that you have to reflect on what what is making you angry what is what is causing that discontentment or causing what what action was it that you can't forgive you actually have to reflect on that event itself how you reacted how you felt during that event and how the ha- the anger and hurt affected you since. And a lot of people don't want to process that. It's so funny though, today we were I was in um I was getting my hair did <laughs> at Higher Beauty, right? And we were having a really good discussion. He has locks for those of you guys. Yeah, I got locks. <laughs> so um at Higher Beauty and we were having a really good discussion this morning about uh, mental health counseling. Right. Shout out to Higher Beauty. Yeah, shout out to Higher Beauty, uh, Natural Hair Care. Birmingham, Alabama. Birmingham, Alabama. They're the best in the world, Craig. But, um, and Latalia, she's my stylist. She's the best in the world. But um, we were having a really good conversation this morning about um, counseling, right, and getting counseling. And someone mentioned that they don't really have time to process their emotions Mm. because it's like their business owner that's like, hey, you know, I ain't got time for that. You know, I'm feeling this when I'm like, all right, I got to keep pressing because, you know, I got stuff to do. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, when you don't take the time to reflect and remember and also process. I'll put process in there. I was going to say, that's important. That's important. You have to process those emotions and feelings because from my background as a massage therapist, they don't leave you until you process them. 
So your emotions, feelings, and everything get locked inside of your body until you process them, until you release them. Okay, and as I say, what is process? Because people, some people don't know what it means to process. Like right. for me to reflect and to remember could actually ignite my anger all over again. And it will. Like, for example... Uh, it's so funny because me and, and my best friend Stephanie was talking about this one time. How like you have a dream, like a random dream sometimes that your spouse cheated on you or they was doing something, and then you wake up and you remember the dream and you be looking at them and you be mad again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like it, like for one, like it's real. I ain't do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. And two, like you know, like it's happening right yeah. then. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I think. When you are reflecting and remembering, it will cause things to bubble up. And I think the key word is process because if you reflect and remember and that's all you're doing, you're not really taking time to process, like you're saying, asking questions. Really, what was it about this specific situation or what they this person said or how they looked that really caused a deep emotional injury, right? Mm-hmm. Or caused me to be disappointed or hurt, then you really won't get no further than just regurgitating the same emotions and the same feelings. So I think processing is you have to go just beyond remembering and reflecting. And sometimes you need to have someone to help you process. And that's when you contact people like Tiffany over here. Like a licensed therapist. Yes, to help you process. Because sometimes my mentor told me a while ago the same mind that got you into a situation can't be the same mind that's going to get you out of it right and what that means is you don't think any other different ways you need somebody who thinks outside of the way that you think Mm -hmm. so that you can um, see things in a different way the second one is empathize with the other person so this article actually gives an example of, for instance, if your spouse grew up in an alcoholic family, um, then anger, when you have too many glasses of wine, might be more understandable because, you know, you might have a couple of drinks and your spouse look at you like, oh, I think you had enough. You're like, hold on, I'm not your daddy. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no, I understand your dad was alcoholic, but I'm not him. But if I was to empathize with her because of things that she might have done dealt with with her, her dad, I might say, you know what? Mm-hmm. I might say that, you know what? I understand where you're coming from. You know, I'm not your dad, but yeah, okay. Maybe I've had enough tonight. You know, so that's so those are some things that, that you could do to uh, make forgiveness a part of your lifestyle. I don't think I'd do good with that. <laughs> to be real. What you mean? Expound on that, please. I think for me, I do so much better being empathetic with people who I don't have an emotional relationship with. Like, I feel like I'm naturally empathetic towards people who are not connected to me, but the closer you are to me, the harder it is for me to be empathetic. And, well, I, and I think for me, it's a, a, if I invite you into my vulnerable space, for one, I don't do that too often. It's a privilege to be invited into my vulnerable space. Oh, right? it's a privilege. It's a privilege because it's not something I do. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm saying that as a therapist, I can admit me, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I can, I can call me on the carpet. Mm-hmm. So when I invite you into a space where I'm vulnerable with you, and I allow you into a space where you can see me on a deeper emotional level. If you mess up, it's like I have a hard time understanding. It's like you already know that it. we had to go through something to get here. Mm-hmm. So why are you acting up? Yeah. You know? But that more so revolves around you than the other person. It may very well. Mm-hmm be the case you know but it is what it is too you know I think that at the end of the day like you said sometimes we have to be understanding the third stage is forgive deeply (laughs) yeah you just gonna scoot on (laughs) 
yeah, I, I don't learn when to scoop. Um, <laughs> the third stage is forgive deeply. <clears throat> Simply forgiving someone because you think you have no other alternative or because you think your religion requires it may be enough to bring some healing. But one study found that people whose forgiveness came in part from understanding that no one is perfect were able to resume a normal relationship with the other person, even if that other person never apologized. Those who only forgave in the effort to salvage the relationship wound up in a worse relationship. Hmm. What do you think about that? Well, we kind of talked about this a little bit. I think I am not, like, again, naturally forgiving. I think forgiveness for me is a decision. And the older I get, I feel like the more natural it's becoming. But I think you you came up with this saying some years ago. I don't even know how long it's been. Just be human, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because I think that's your natural thing. Like, you're one of those people who love the love. Mm Mm-hmm. And it ain't that deep for me. Like, I'm a hopeless romantic at heart, but it's just at heart. Like, when it comes into real life, it's kind of like... It's just in the movies for you. (laughs) I think it's a good notion, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I think you are naturally... A loving person. Loving person and forgiving. Mm -hmm. I'm loving, but my loving is a quiet type of love. You know what I'm saying? Like my like we've talked about love languages. And my love language is acts of service. Mm-hmm. So the way I express love is I do for people. You know what I'm saying? It's not necessarily communicating it through words, it's through my actions. So like if you need something, I'm there picking up the slack. If you have you know, if something falls through, it's like I well, I can do it for you. That's that's my love language. That's the way I show you I'm I'm down for you, right? Mm-hmm. And because I'm not naturally, you know, affectionate or naturally forgiving. I think I have to make the t- the decision to forgive, and then I think it follows suit. But I think I was only able to get to that place once I really, truly adopted that saying, just be human. Because to me, what that says is we're all flawed. Like, yeah. nobody's perfect. And we're it, not robots. We're yeah. not robots. <clears throat> and And... I think part of the problem is I have very high expectations of myself. Like, I could break it down to a whole deeper level than, you know, the stuff that you learn in counseling about family roles and how that plays out in your personality. But I think for me, because my expectations of myself are so high and I'm more of a somewhat of a perfectionist, like I I like things to be perfect or... um, I really struggle when things are not perfect. I think that to be forgiving is a challenge for me because it requires accepting that I am just human, mm-hmm. right? Which means I have to accept that other people are are not perfect, that things are not perfect. So that's my thought on that. What do you think about it? What do you think? You, do you think that's a challenge for you, that forgiveness is a challenge for you? That you have to make a decision, or do you think it just happens for you? I believe that no one is perfect, right? Mm-hmm. But I also take into account how things happened. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm-mm. I don't. Um, I take into account how things happened. Like, what was the mistake that was made? Mm-hmm. I understand people are not perfect, but I'm like, if something is intentional that someone has done to me, I take that differently than someone does something to me that they didn't know how I was going to feel about it. You you know what I mean? Like, it's hard for me to give an example without giving a real example. Okay. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So, Which you don't want to get into. Which I don't want to get into. Okay. But if something was um, intentional, um, premeditated. Like somebody um, robbing you that was a friend. That's If a friend robbed you, you... they didn't yeah, rob you no by happenstance. No, I'm still from Wildo, man. I kid you. What? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm from the hood, though, for real. Like, I'm cool now. I'm corporate thug, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> <laughs> don't rob me and I, I like, know you, man. You know what I'm saying? That ain't going to work for me <laughs> at all. Anyway. But that's, that's something that would be premeditated or intentional. Yeah. Like, if I was your friend, like, 
we done known each other since elementary school, and then you and we talk on a regular basis. Then you come and rob me. Yeah, that's not gonna work. <laughs> that's not gonna work. Nah, and I've known people with situations that happen, and I'm like dumbfounded. Like, so you know he robs you, and that's him. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you're talking about him. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, why is he still right there? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't understand that. But, um, <laughs> but anyway. The next step is <laughs> <laughs> let go of expectations. <laughs> That's a hard one for me. Yeah, I think that why we did why do we expect so much? You know, I, you know, I, this is one I think I'm still grappling with. Like mm-hmm. even at almost forty, I'm one of those people that. I have high expectations of other people, mm-hmm. and I come up with these expectations that are not always communicated. I know that they're not always communicated, and they cause me a certain level of distress because I think that happens a lot in our relationship. There's a certain level of expectation I have of you mm-hmm. that sometimes I have to tell myself, you you are not going to meet these expectations, you know? And I, some of them are, it's not that they're unrealistic, they're just not you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I even have to come to that reality or conclusion. Like, mm-hmm. there's just certain stuff that you just not good at doing. Whoa, hold on now. No. I'm not, t- <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking about, like, folding towels or, uh, you know. You are talking about folding towels. Okay, go ahead. No. Oh, well, you were not really good at that, but that's not what I was talking about. But, what you talking about then, Whips? What you just say? What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> hmm? No, seriously. I think that there are things that I expect from you that are unrealistic because they're not things that you naturally do. That ain't your thing. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I ain't finna change the alternator in your car. I just don't know how to do that. You know what I'm saying? Uh-uh. I ain't gonna... Yeah, but I think that's a good example. Mm-hmm. If I had the expectation that if... My car was jerking. You was gonna pop the hood and look at it. Yeah, I'll look be- at it. <laughs> Looking at it. <laughs> be like, hey, uh, this ain't my forte. But take that but down, I, Willie. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna drive it down here to the shop though, because yes. I'm not the one that's gonna be like replacing your alternator in your car. Yes, and I think that, you know, I was watching the Red Table Talks, and they talked about expectations being the queen of disappointment or something like that. Like, a lot of times, we set up disappointment for ourselves because we have expectations that are not grounded in anything that's realistic. It's not that they can't be realistic. I'm watching too much TV. Hmm? Go ahead. You should just be so pity for <laughs> Go ahead. so many levels. <laughs> for real, though, like... Yeah, but I do think there's some truth to that too. Yeah. Like we get caught up in this these um, soap operas and these these fictional movies and fictional characters and fictional storylines. Even reality TV is not reality. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? This ain't these people's real lives. This is this is a business. You know. Yeah. And I think a lot of men do that too, especially like when you're about to get married and you think your sex life's just about to be off the chain because. The stripper that you just went to go see on your bachelor night. Uh, oh man, my wife about to do this. She ain't. I'm gonna let you know that right now. She is not about to do that. No. She wouldn't try and do that. Uh-uh. <laughs> so delete them expectations now. <laughs> I know. Baby, can't, all the porn can't you've been watching ever since you were 13. She ain't about to do none of that, boss. <laughs> <laughs> She's not about to do that. So stop it. So. <laughs> Those, let go of those expectations. <laughs> I, no, now, but I do have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it's un. I don't think it's healthy not to have any expectation. Mm-hmm. There are some some things I feel like we can say. say this is my standard, mm-hmm. right? And this is this is a deal breaker. You know what I'm saying? This is a deal breaker for me. Like you, you pretty much gave one of those. Like when we got married, you was like, I don't clean toilets. If you are waiting for me to clean the toilet, I'm never cleaning the toilet, so don't ask me. Mm-hmm. And I've never asked you to clean the toilet. Now, I do think you've actually cleaned the toilet since we've been in the house, but I remember that conversation. And I was just like, okay, I, I don't mind cleaning the toilet. I want a clean toilet. 
So I will put on some rubber gloves and stick my hand in the toilet and think nothing of it. So it wasn't like I couldn't meet that expectation. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But that was like a clear line in the sand that you drew. And I know that it seems so minor, but I do think there are some areas in life. Like, for instance, I'm not going to tolerate a man that physically abuses me or abuses me in any type of way. Mm -hmm. That's a deal breaker. Mm -hmm. So my expectation is that if we're going to be in a relationship, that you're going to treat me with respect. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I don't think that it's healthy to abandon all expectations. I just think you have to evaluate is this going to add anything to your life or take anything away from your life if it gets done or if it doesn't get done? So I think that that you should have some type of system where you measure is this expectation you have really adding or benefiting your life or taking away from your life in any form or fashion. Mm -hmm. And if you can say no for both of those, it's like, no, nah, it's not adding to my life and no, it's not taking away, then move on. Mm -hmm. What's next? Oh, man. Decide to forgive. And I think that's what I have to do. I'm not naturally forgiving. So it's like, once you make the choice to forgive, you got to seal it with an action. <laughs> this reminds me of me and you, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, we had arguments or something like that where I apologize. And, and you like, be on a hug. Yeah, and I always ask for a hug, and you be like, nah. <laughs> I was like, why? You just said you forgive me. <laughs> but you won't give me a <laughs> Too, Too soon. That means you don't forgive me for real. No, it just means that everyone just doesn't bounce from one emotion to the next. Mm -hmm. doesn't mean I don't forgive you. I think for me it's I've made the decision because I'm not naturally one of those people like, oh, he's just human. He made a mistake. It's like, you know what? This is too little for me to just be bent out of shape, right? But then I have to have that time to adjust to that. Like, I'm going to let this go. And then it'd be like, oh, we letting this go? Let's kiss. And it's like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You just said something really mean to me, like, literally, like, you know, 120 seconds ago. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now you want to kiss. Yeah, I do. No. <laughs> <laughs> the last one is forgive yourself. And I think that's So the, the act one. of forgiving actually includes forgiving yourself. You know, we talked about that earlier. Forgiving is actually all about you, actually. You know, if you really think about it, um, one of the examples they gave in the article is like if, you're, <laughs> if your spouse had an affair, um, that you don't blame yourself. It's not a reflection on your worth. Or if you have a get, get a divorce. Right. What if you get a divorce? So don't blame yourself for it. You know, it's all about... Um, forgiving yourself I think that's the hardest one mm -hmm. I feel like people can they can justify forgiving someone else a lot quicker than they, than they can justify forgiving themselves you know what I'm saying we are always our worst critic mm -hmm. you know unless you are a daughter who <laughs> thinks she's she, the best at everything yeah, the best at everything I remember that time. She was like, you know, I'm just so awesome. Because she, she said she can make animal noises that sound like real animals. And then she started making noises. And we were <laughs> looking so confused. Like, baby, you don't sound like no yeah. bear. But I think that a lot of us don't have that. And it's something kids have. That's so crazy. And, you know, it's really funny how in the Bible, going back to our holy stress, if you hadn't listened to holy stress, go ahead and listen to that, the stress related to Christianity. That was uh, episode eight. But I think the Bible emphasizes on having childlike faith, right? It's just like when you are a child, there is no doubt in your mind that you can do anything, be anything. You know what I'm saying? It's like if I want to be a, a chef astronaut president, <laughs> I can be that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm going to cook at the White House. I'm going to be the president and sometimes go to space. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And there's nothing in your mind when you like little that says you can't do that, right? Yeah, I'm going to serve aliens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So I think when we get older, we don't we don't have that. We lose that. That, that um, what is it? 
we lose the ability to be resilient. We lose that resilience, right? And we beat ourselves up. So I think self-forgiveness is, is probably one of the most difficult things. And me even talking about a dream that wasn't even real. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I had that dream, what, Monday morning? Mm-hmm. What's today? Wednesday? Tuesday. Tuesday. Oh, yesterday. But it's been, it's just been a constant thing on my mind. Like, that feeling like I failed my child. And I didn't even, feel, I didn't even lose him in real life. Mm-hmm. So I can't imagine if that was something that happened to me in real life, how hard it would be to get over this feeling that I somehow failed as a mother because at the moment my child needed me the most or my children needed me the most, I was not there. Yeah. <clears throat> what do you think? About self-forgiveness? Yeah. Um, so I'm a person that believes that we're human. Like you said earlier. So you can forgive yourself. I can forgive myself. Mm. It is kind of hard, though. You know, it's, it's like cause you, you, that you put ease. yourself on a pedestal um, because you think you're above certain things. Mm-hmm. And then when things happen, you're like, wow, I did that. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't put myself on the pedestal. But I think that just boils down to the difference in us. You are naturally forgiving, right? Mm-hmm. So for you to use the word that you put yourself on the pedestal, I don't put myself on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. Like, I know there are things that I know that I know that I'm good at, right? But there are other things that I'm just like, I feel like I, I could always do better. I could have done better. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm my worst critic. I don't have a just, I'm just human. I've, For me, it's the difference in decisional forgiveness and emotional forgiveness, right? Decisional for me is I have to make a conscious effort to say, forgive yourself. For you, it's just like, I'm human, man. We all make mistakes. It, it, it's not just like that. <clears throat> That's like it's a process. No, it's a process. Because you can beat yourself up over some things. You, you know what sometimes. I'm saying? Yeah. Because I remember my son, uh, my oldest son, saying to me, I think I was getting on to him about his grades. Mm-hmm. And he broke down and he was like, oh, you're my, you're my dad. You're supposed to help me with this. And it hurt me to the core. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I was like, yeah, he just said that to me. Like, he was like, you supposed to help me. You know what I'm saying? You my dad. I was like, man, I'm beating him up about a grade that he made. And he was like, you were not even there for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, to this day, it still resonates with me. Yeah, because how long that's been? Uh, Years. Uh That was years ago. But it still plays a part because it helped change me, actually. You know, so when I see struggling, I'm like, I remember that conversation. He said, you're supposed to be here for me, so I guess I try to be there for them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, I approached him, like, hey, son, what's going on? Just like today, our youngest son was feeling emotional, and I still don't know what about yet right now. <laughs> but I did everything in my power to try to bring it out. You know what I'm saying? Even buying him ice cream. <laughs> Is that why you came home with ice cream? <laughs> yes. I'm like, but it put a smile on his face, though. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But I'm like. Maybe tomorrow he'll tell me what happened. You know, I think at the end of the day, we as people are flawed individuals. We are not perfect. We are just human, which means that we, even though the the word of the Lord, if you believe in that, says that we were created perfect, we were created in his image, the reality is we live in a world where we are not perfect. We live in a body that is... is is not perfect, right? My body perfect. No, I'm just that's that's not what them French fries say right there. If you wonder what all that noise in the background. We be eating, y'all. We have to eat because we just be getting off work. But I digressed. I think at the end of the day, if you make a decision to just be human, that's that's our tip of the day. Because we went through several tips. But mm-hmm. our tip of the day is really just be human. Mm-hmm. Like, 
nobody's perfect. Nothing is perfect. Nothing always goes as planned, but you have to just cherish the moment because tomorrow's not promised to you. And and that's our philosophy at the spa is just to be human. Just to be human. So every time we hire somebody, we let them know, hey, just be human. And I kind of got it from our church. Um, And their motto is just be. But there's just be the word, just be worship, and just be... What a witness, I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, Faith Chapel, shout added, out to Faith Chapel. Yeah, Faith Chapel has taught My us Alabama, a lot of Alabama. great things. But, Pastor um, Mike Moore, Panethia Moore. Yes, Miss <laughs> Pete. <laughs> but we, we, we really believe in just being human when you come to Life Touch Massage, and that, believe, and that entails um, not being judgmental because we all make mistakes. You know what I'm saying? And it kills me every day. To see people judge people on the mistakes that they've made, knowing that you've made mistakes also. You know what I mean? What's the saying about the glass house and the brick? Those who live in glass houses don't throw bricks or something like that. I don't remember what it was. (laughs) But basically, it was saying that. Sound um, deep, though. Yeah. (laughs) But it's like, you know, if if you're living, if you're a human, you've made a mistake. So let's stop judging each other. You know what I'm saying? Let's just, let's try loving each other. <laughs> let's try connecting with one another um, without the judgment and see what happens. Well, y'all, that's it. Until next time, live your best life. Living through your stress life. Holla!